Welcome in. It's the Holy Grail BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com. I'm Chad Brendel. Dave Simone is apparently having a little bit of a connectivity issue, so he should be back uh, in the room shortly. But for now, we'll go ahead and get started filling in for Dave here for a few <laughs> minutes. None other than the head coach of the Cincinnati Bearcats men's basketball program, Wes Miller. Coach, you're my co-host. Congratulations. Hey, uh, thank you. I've, I've arrived. <laughs> You've arrived. The, have you have you made it to the title sponsor of this podcast yet? Have you had time to get to the Holy Grail? Not been to the Holy Grail, but I've heard a lot about the Holy Grail, and it's on the short list of things that I have to do in Cincinnati. So you need to let me go. Let me know when you're headed that way, and I will get you hooked up with uh, with Jimmy, and I'll get you hooked up with Don, and you'll get the full Holy Grail experience. Uh, when you get down there uh, here in the near future. So uh, I know you're excited about that. I am excited. I, I've seen it because when I went to the Reds game, I yeah. saw it across the street. So I know where are, it is. I just got to get there. Are you a Reuben? Do you like Reubens? I, I, can, I can eat a Reuben. I, I mean, you and I have talked about this all. Yeah, we're, we're, we're we food We both guys. like food. So, yeah. I can. Me, food. clearly more than you. <laughs> or maybe I just <laughs> like to exercise more. I don't know because I eat That's, a lot. Yeah, that's probably it. No, they have they have Reuben wontons, so it's a Reuben rolled up in a wonton wrapper and then deep fried, all in with that with Thousand Island dressing on top. All in. I'm have to work out twice the next day, but I'm all in. <laughs> My workout is walking from the car to the Grail, uh, and then getting a table, and then from there, you know, it's good to go. <laughs> so uh, you're a month in. Oh, I, I, first things first. Uh, you're throwing out the first pitch for the Bearcats tomorrow in, in, uh, in, in the stadium and you're going to be on the mound, like full toss this time. How confident are you in, in your delivery? Well, it'll be the real thing this time. I'm proud of that. Cause I have a lot of people that have, that have questioned my first pitch at the Reds game. Um, I don't know if this will be, you know, nationally televised, so I'm not quite as nervous as I was, <laughs> but I will, I will practice some in the morning. Um, you know, like I had a bad, I, I, I didn't want to say this before the Reds experience because I didn't want anybody talking about it, but I'm okay to, to mention it now. I had a bad first pitch experience one time in a minor league ballpark in Greensboro years ago. I, I was trying to throw heat. I was like, my, my players were out in the field with me and they were telling me to try to throw a strike as hard as I could. And it was it did not go well, so I'm I'm confident that I just got to get it over the mound, not embarrass myself, and move on. But I'm excited for tomorrow. And the Bearcats having a, having a strong baseball season as well. Coach Guggins is uh, is a great guy. Have you guys had a chance to catch up briefly? Uh, you know, in the dorm here, as he's I'm a little busy, talk, but uh, he's he, he's right in the middle of the season. We've been busy, uh, but I've been following closely, and I love to see that they beat East Carolina, who I think is top twenty in the country. That, wow. Yeah, they are. I was excited about that. All right, coach, let's uh, let's get to business. We got you for about a half hour. We want to maximize it as much as possible. Uh, l- let's start with uh, getting your staff together. The, the last time we talked, that was still uh, very much a work in progress. I, I think at that point you knew you were bringing uh, Chris Lepore with you for sure. And, and Andre Morgan was likely at that point, but uh, take me through hiring a staff and, and how excited those guys are to uh, join the fold here at Cincinnati. Yeah, you know, the first 30 days, 
hire staff, put a roster together that can compete, right, and can compete at the standard that we all expect. Um, and honestly, there was nothing more important than those two things, even though there was a lot of other things going on. Mike Roberts and uh, Chris Lepore and Andre Morgan, getting them onboarded took a little time with the university, but those were decisions that were made at the same time I was accepting the job. You know, obviously I have to go through some process to get them here and get them in the system and, and get them working. Right. It was easy. I mean, Mike and I went to high school together. Uh, most people, people don't know that we went to New Hampton prep together up in New England. Uh, I was there for three years in high school. He, he went to prep school for one year. Coach Knight, good story, Chad. He shows up to play for Coach Knight in Indiana and goes through like the summer workout, like kind of what our guys are about to go through now. And Coach Knight looks at him and it's like, you, you can't play in the Big Ten unless you gain 25 pounds. We're sending you to prep school. Like, no, again, August finds out he's not starting his freshman year and has to go to prep school to gain 25 pounds. Um, and so that's how Mike and I got to know each other. Uh, we, we, he was a post-grad. I was a junior in high school. And all I remember about him is just like literally just trying to lift weights, drink protein shakes, take creatine like he was obsessed. And now it makes sense. <laughs> I understood why it happened. Uh, but we stayed in contact ever since we were like been lifelong friends since then. Uh, he, we both get into coaching, stay in contact. When I got the job at UNCG at 28 years old, he was my first call. Um, and, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. He certainly didn't know what he was doing as an associate head coach at that point. We screwed it up together. And then I felt like we did a lot of neat things together to get that program going. Um, so it, when he, he left UNCG to go to Indiana to go back to his alma mater, and it made a lot of sense right away to bring him here with me. Um, you know, Chris Laporte had been with me seven years. Uh, started with me as a graduate assistant, did a great job. We created the position, did such a good job, moved him into ops, did such a good job. He spent the last three seasons as an assistant coach. I just felt like where we are now at UC, uh, wanted a little more experience, but he, I wanted him with me. So he's going to kind of be our chief of staff or, you know, operational guy. He's, he's going to kind of manage a lot of stuff behind the scenes. And I think, you know, UC fans that interact with him will understand right away when they see his charisma, his energy, his care for people uh, while we brought him on. Um, so those, and then Andre Morgan, who was with me for two years at UNCG and then left to go to Middle Tennessee State the last three seasons. Um, that was an easy hire. And Chris, Andre, Mike, and I, we all worked together for two years. So yeah. there's good cohesiveness amongst that nucleus. Uh, th those things happened right away. And I, I think Andre's a rising star in our profession. Um, unbelievable energy. Uh, has a great ability to connect with people and young people. And just one of these people that I, I swear, and I feel bad for his wife and kids. I think he wakes up thinking about recruiting. I think he spends all day thinking about recruiting. I think he dreams about recruiting. Like it just, it's recruiting all day, every day. And I think it's healthy to have somebody with that kind of mindset on your staff. Um, and then I had that assistant spot open and I went through a little bit of a process with that guys. Uh, you know, I, I wanted somebody with a lot of high major experience, not, not just recruiting experience, high major coaching experience and somebody that was a veteran that maybe knew uh, things that I didn't know and knew things our staff didn't know and talked to a number of qualified people. But Chad Dollar's the guy that, that we settled on. And, and boy, every day that he's been in the office, 
I feel better and better about that decision. I feel like it was a home run hire. Obviously, it was with Tom Crean the last three years at Georgia, who I have a lot of respect for as a coach, so I know he learned a lot there. Um, but he's been at Auburn, LSU, Georgia Tech, South Florida, Wichita State. Um, so he has just an, a wealth of experience, and he's he's known nationally as an elite recruiter, one of the elite recruiters in our profession. But he's so much more than that. He has a way about him. I think he's an excellent basketball coach. When I interviewed him, I got the sense that I, I think he's committed to being here for a period of time. But I do think he's not far away from being a head coach, and that made me feel good too to have somebody with that type of seasoning on the staff. Um, and then we start going to the – you know, this is new for me, Chad, because we didn't have all these positions. <laughs> There's a lot of things that are a lot nicer here at UC, uh, so that's which has been great. Um, so – uh, th there's a couple things, you know, left to work out uh, from an HR perspective. So I don't want to talk out of turn here, but we will be bringing on a former player in the director of player development role. I believe, I don't think it's a hundred percent official, but I, I think we feel good that it's heading that way. So that'll come out here really soon. If you haven't already been reporting it to some degree, cause I know a lot of people have been talking about that. Um, we, uh, uh we brought back a guy named Jake Thielen who went to Covcath, uh, played at Bellarmine. He was also randomly at Georgia. Coach Crane's probably pissed at me, uh, but he was at the opposite <laughs> Georgia here. And he was with Coach Crane for seven years as a GA at Indiana and went with him to Georgia and ops. He'll come in, in an operational type of role here and help us get organized. And uh, boy, I think he's got a bright future as a coach and knows the area, which I felt good about. Um, we, we hired a young man named Maddie Miller. You know, it's kind of an intern or office assistant uh, that was with Coach Roberts in Indiana. He was a he was a student manager at Indiana the last four years. He's he's a Cincinnati guy. He's been the guy telling us where to order pizza from late in the office at night. Um, and and I'm I think he's going to be great and have a have a good future in this profession. Um, he's had floor seats for his, his whole life. Well, I wasn't going to throw that out there. I'm aware of that now. That in fact, this was the defining moment in hiring that position. You know, here's some real behind the scenes stuff. So as you guys can imagine, our hair has been on fire trying to get all this done in a short period of time. So Coach Roberts comes running in a couple weeks ago, whenever it was. Yeah, I got the guy we got to hire. I got the guy. So what position? What kind of the office intern we talked about? Well, that that wasn't the one I was spending the most time on. <laughs> Not to take any away from the value of every role. And I said, well, who you got? He goes, Matty Mills. And that's what he, that's what Roberts calls Matt. Yeah. Um, and I said, okay, we'll explain it was, he was a student manager at IU. So I'm thinking maybe we need somebody with some experience. He said, no, I'm telling you, we were so pissed at him all, all the time at Indiana because we would be practicing or we would be preparing for a game and he would be in the corner trying to watch or check the scores of all the UC games. That's how much, <laughs> that's how much he loved this place. He cared more True about story. UC while he was a part of Indiana basketball. And I said, okay, we got to have him. And, but it, it made a lot of sense since, since Mike had spent the last couple of years working with them hand and foot. So um, I feel good about that. Uh, we have two graduate assistant positions, which I think are just really, really important jobs, guys, because th they can be on the floor and do things around the guys that we can't uh, in terms of rebounding and, and giving guys a chance to improve. Um, I brought a, a young man named Jalen Stowe, who was a player at Mercer. So I coached against him in the Southern Conference. He was a GA for me 
at Greensboro last year, and he wanted to start all the way over and do two more years here. That was a no-brainer. Um, and then we are going to bring back a former Bearcat in a GA role in Kyle Washington. So I'm, ex I'm excited to, to, to let everybody know that, unless it's already out there. I can't keep up with you, Chad. You break everything. I think I, you have a microphone in my office. Um, Cunningham but, accused me of that, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. It's so, weird. Uh, but, but he's going to come back as a graduate assistant. I think he'll start next week. So anyway, I, I think that rounds it out. That director of player development role, I don't want to officially say it before everything's done uh, with the process of the university, but I'm excited about that. So a couple of former players. I think we have a diverse staff. I think we have diversity in a lot of ways, experience, uh, age. Uh, but I do think we have a ton of energy. And I felt just early on here, we're going to have great cohesiveness, which that part's so important to me. We're going to expect the team to be a certain way. We have to be a, a certain way as a team within our staff before we demand to others. So uh, you just asked a question and got like a 10 minute answer. I, I'll shut, I'll shut the heck up. So I, and let you, let you talk a little bit. Are you aware of Kyle's ability to network? Kyle's very good at networking. Uh, that, that didn't come up in the interview process, but I was, I was really impressed with, uh, you know, so he, how well he was able to articulate things over the phone. And listen, I, I want to hear about the networking, but coach Cronin was, was, the, was the, the best call that I got about Kyle Washington. And then Jason Smith, who's one of the best high school coaches yeah. in the country at Brewster Academy, who's a dear friend of mine. I've known him since I was 16 years old. He, he, he helped quite a bit too. So th that gave me some confidence hearing from those two guys. Kyle did a post-game interview with, I believe, Allie LaForce. And it uh, was very friendly. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle, Kyle's a, a, an ultimate salesman, right? And he's laying it on pretty thick. And, and apparently he got in trouble after the game from his girlfriend. Because uh, he's, he's, he was, he was he's straight kind of, up flirting with her. Who, he was. And she's, she's married to a Major League Baseball pitcher. I was about to say, she's married to an athlete, I believe. Yeah. I, I thought I knew that. Yeah. Kyle was shooting a shot on national TV. And, and then when he was done, it, it was, it was just network. He was just trying to network. I like his confidence. I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I did love him as a player because of the energy that he played with. I thought he played with great passion, at least from a distance. And so hopefully that's something we can tap into a little bit. He, he does have a lot of energy. He, he's a great guy and don't ever let him trick you about naming college mascots. I, he, I heard he, about this. I've he knows heard. all of them. Every one of them. I think he brought that up or somebody else brought that up, which is a bizarre skill, but I, you know, maybe valuable. That could be valuable. <laughs> well, a lot of guys, like, it, it's funny. A lot of guys, people are like, don't, aren't these guys college basketball fans? Most high school basketball players are NBA fans. Like that, they, they, you know, that that's the goal. That's what they're, so they're not big college fans. Kyle Washington is a college basketball junkie. Like you, anytime you could, you could ask him anything. What were you doing last night? Oh, I was up watching Gonzaga and St. Mary's until two o'clock in the morning. Like that, that, that's Kyle. I love it. I love it. I can relate to that. Dave, you got anything for, uh, for Wes? Yeah, of course. I thought your uh, name was Rachel for a second. Dave. Well, that, that's my wife. I don't know how her name gets, gets on there, but, uh, you can call him Rachel. It's fine. Call me whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter. When you've obviously, <laughs> Uh, gone fast and furious putting a roster together. When you're in the situation that you're in, 
trying to get returning guys to come back, looking at the transfer portal, looking at all the different avenues that there are now. What are some of your non-negotiable trait skills that you have to see in a player, even when you have a lot of roster spots to fill, that you just won't even consider them unless they have those attributes? Yeah, it's easy. Competitive nature first. They have to, they have to like embrace competition. That you want to see that they care about winning. Like it, it, you know, sport is really interesting in that way. Basketball is really interesting in that way. And this is what's been more difficult when you can't evaluate in person. But you, people can't help but be genuine when they're competing on the basketball court. You can't fake it. You can't hide it. You can tell who genuinely cares about winning, who genuinely wants their team to win. We want ultra competitive guys, edgy competitive guys. That That's number one. Uh, number two would be like work ethic. Like we want guys that, and not everybody understands that when they're young, when they're 18, 19 years old, but we want guys that want an environment that will, you know, where they're, where they're going to be pushed and they were, are willing to embrace like a one day at a time environment where, where uh, a certain mentality to work and get better every day is going to be demanded. We don't want to fight guys on that. Like, I, it's just one thing I found in my 10 years as a head coach is I do better with guys. Doesn't mean they have to be, you know, in a great mood every day or like every moment, but we want guys that deep down want to be pushed because they want to be great and have a certain quality of work ethic. Um, third thing, I, I just seem to connect better as a coach. Our staff seems to connect better with people that love basketball. Like I, I want guys, and every, and you think, well, every college basketball player loves basketball. It's not necessarily true. Like we, we want guys that have a passion for the game that love this game. It, it's actually really interesting. Like you, you said that Chad, I love talking about, in recruiting what guys are watching, you know, like do they, do they love watching NBA games? They love watching college games. What players that, and you can tell somebody that's just giving you answers, somebody that genuinely has a passion for the game. Um, and so we, we look for that. Those are, those are things I think we can all bond around as we become a team are those, those innate qualities or values. And, and there's more to it, right? Well, I mean, we're looking for, can they fit our style of play? And is it uh, yeah, I, I think, you're really trying to determine now are guys going to stay with you for multiple years, given the changing landscape. And there's a, a lot of different ways we're trying to evaluate that, but those first three are somewhat non-negotiables when, when we're trying to decide who, who to take and who to offer scholarships to. You got here, you had four or five guys uh, committed to staying a couple guys in the portal, a lot of open spots, Uh, I don't know how many of the new guys you can talk about yet. I don't know where you're at in that process uh, legally in terms of, you know. That's why I don't know what I'm going to say because I shoot up. It's all happening so fast. I'm like, (laughs) signed, is it not signed? I mean, Trevor Wright, our compliance guy, it's like we're calling him every 10 minutes. Can we do this? (laughs) Yeah, obviously we want to do things the right way. But, yeah, there's a lot flying around. But I'll talk about what I know I can talk about. Well, it just it just in general, as an overview, what has it been like putting this thing together as fast as you have? Because it, it you know, we 
there was a not a running joke, but like a running storyline six weeks ago before you got here. Like, are they even going to be able to field a starting five <laughs> next year? And now you're out of scholarships. <laughs> this past month, like, do you remember any of it? Is it all completely a blur? What has it been like day to day making all this I, stuff happen? The fact has it been a month? I, Almost five. No, it's been five weeks. That is insane it's it's all felt like a matter of days and days have run into days I you know and there's been other times in my life you go through stretches like this nothing that's lasted this long I, I'll be honest sometimes I have to look down to check what day it is like is it Thursday oh I thought it was Monday like it's it's been it's been a blur um but it's been so much fun like I'm not complaining um because there's so much energy to try to get this together and get this going in the right direction. And we know there's such a short period of time. So like right now, I don't know if you guys can hear, but my door's closed and I can hear my assistants on recruiting calls, like, you know, talking in, in the office. It's been like that every night. I mean, we've been in here, Chad, with a handful of exceptions. We've been in here till at least 11 o'clock every single night since we got the job. And I mean, maybe two or three exceptions for each coach. And it's just, but I'm not saying that in a negative way. It's been kind of fun. I think we're going to look back at this and tell stories about living in the hotel. <laughs> I mean, the first 10 or 11 days I was here, I didn't have a car. So I was just walking from the hotel to the gym, but that's the kind of stuff that's cool. You know, um, I, I'm obviously, I'm not married. I love kids. So I, that's not hard on anybody else. I think my staff they're probably ready or their wives and kids are probably ready for, for them to change for this to settle down a little bit. But for me, it's been pretty good. So I don't, I, what did you ask? I just started talking. I, like, what, you, I mean, yeah. that, that sums it up. That, that, <laughs> that's a, a fairly good uh, representation of what I was getting at. Just how, how chaotic it's, it's this, been, this has all been. It's been like fun chaos. It's been, it's been fun, but, but I say that it has felt chaotic uh, in, in a, in a positive fun way, but there has been some like real strategy to it too. I mean, it's not like we're just running around something hits you and you do that. There, there's a little bit of that, but I mean, honestly, it was really this simple, get a staff together, get them in place and simultaneously try to get a roster together and, and get that in place and nothing else really matters. Like we, we can say no to everything else as long as we're spending our time doing that. And I feel to some degree that we've achieved some of those things, but there is still some work to be done. Um, I will tell you, we are, I crave organization. I mean, we are not organized right now. And so like, <laughs> that's, that's probably the next step in this process. And it's really started this week. We have to get organized as a staff uh, within our roles. And I mean, shoot, I'm looking around this office right now and there's nothing on the walls and like, I, that's just not who we are. So we, we got to get presentable and get organized. Take me through your roster of the guys you're allowed to talk about. Um, and, and maybe if you can just give me a, a quick little snippet of, or two on, on what you think of each guy that you've got so far, you want me to, you want me to, to I, I, I don't want to name them off for you. Cause I don't know. I'll, I'll play the, I'll do the ones I know that have been announced. How's that? Okay. Uh, David DeJulius. We'll start with the, with the old guy vet. Yeah, and you want me to talk about my relationship with them so far, or whatever, whatever. Yeah, your relationship, what what you've what you've seen on tape, what you think of them as a player, like uh, just a quick synopsis of uh, of each guy. I tell you, I've really get enjoyed getting to know Dave. Um, we we probably had the longest 
one-on-one time together. Last week went to dinner together. Um, I, he's got like a soft way about him, you know, and he's mature. He's, a, he's an older guy. He's certainly, you know, been, he's been coached by three different head coaches. I think that's so fascinating to me and all, you know, and, and take probably taking different things from all three of them, but three years in college basketball, three different head coaches. That's fascinating. Not a lot of guys can say they're going to be on their fourth in four years. Um, you know, I, when I watch film of him and he's the guy I probably had the least feel from walking through the, the door of the returning players that are currently on the roster. But as I've watched more film, he is dynamic with the ball in his hands. I think he can create shots for himself and for his teammates. Uh, I went back and watched a lot of his film at Michigan his sophomore year. And I, I thought that painted a different picture in my head of what he's capable of because he didn't shoot it. And I, he, he admittedly, you know, coming from him, he didn't yeah. shoot as well this past year as he would have liked. And I'm sure the previous staff would have liked. Uh, but I went back and watched. And I, I think I think he's a guy that can can be dynamic offensively. He certainly understands defensive position and he can get underneath the ball and pressure it a little bit. Um, but but a dynamic guard, you know, that can play both guard positions. The hometown hero, Jeremiah Davenport. Well, he has, he's just got a way of energy, right? Like you, you hear Jeremiah Davenport, you just kind of perk up. You see him, you kind of perk up. He's one of these people that has infectious energy and charisma. Uh, that's so important on a team. Um, when he plays the game, like, and, and I'm, I'm looking at this through a screen. I haven't been on the court with him. It's, it's like you can feel watching through the screen that he's playing for something more than just a normal college player. Like he's playing for the, the community that he grew up in, right? He has a, he has a level of pride that I believe we have to embrace as a team uh, in wearing that Jersey. Like we, we gotta, we gotta embrace the pride he has within our whole locker room and our whole staff. I thought that's the part that just jumps off the page. I love, I love his competitive spirit. Um, I think he's a, he can play, you know, multiple positions and guard multiple positions which I love having versatility within lineups and, and guys that can play and guard multiple positions allow you to do that. Um, and, and I love how he shot the ball down the stretch last year. And I think he's got to have a big time off season improving his shot. Uh, Cause as, as we've talked about offline, I think we're going to be able to guard and rebound. We're certainly going to demand that, you know, as a staff. And I think we have players that understand that's, that's what's coming and have energy for that. Uh, I, we're going to have to figure out how we're going to score. And, and Jeremiah is a guy that could really help us offensively with his ability to shoot the ball, stretch the floor, and make some plays. New Hampton, pride of New Hampton, Micah, Micah Adams-Woods. And Micah's excited to play for you. Oh, and I'm excited to coach all these guys. But uh, Micah, we tried to recruit to uh, UNCG. We went to the same high school that – he went to the same high school that Coach Roberts and I attended together um, and was coached by a dear friend of mine in high school. So we were very familiar with them. We watched them a lot with the Albany city rocks and I know Dave Hart and, and all the people in that organization. So there's a lot of uh, connections to Micah, uh, uh, the people around him. So I had a lot of familiarity with Michael, Micah, and I paid attention to him. You know, when you recruit guys, you pay attention to where they matriculate and how they do. Um, and so I paid attention to him the last two years. And again, I think, as I watch tape, I've been impressed, impressed with Micah's ability to defend all three perimeter positions. Like I, I've been impressed with some of the defensive challenges he took on last year as a sophomore and as a freshman. I, I think Micah is a point guard at heart, right? Like he, yeah. he 
good with the ball in his hands. He makes really good decisions. He's strong with the ball. I think there's probably he can play both guard positions, but there's probably like more there offensively. And I, I look forward to, to trying to bring that out of him and, and watching him work to bring that out. I think he can make more plays, but he seems like a guy the last two years that everybody had confidence in that he's not going to make a mistake. I almost want him to get out there and make some mistakes, right, and, and try to make some more plays. But I think I always thought a lot of Micah. Yeah, you're in my brain on that one. I've been asking of that for Micah for a while now. Be, be, be a little more aggressive. Be a little, be a little bit more uh, assertive with the ball in your hands in terms of, Go get a bucket because because you can get buckets. Like you're a guy that can score. Go go score. And and you know I think again I mean, we're we're sitting here going we have a plan for how we're going to guard and rebound. And now we have not been on the court a day yet, Chad. So whether we can do that or not, I don't know. But we have a pretty good plan <laughs> based on our roster. You know we're trying to develop a plan for how we're going to score. We need these guys to go make plays, and and we need all of them to you know all the guys we've talked about already. Uh, the guy that you probably had the least personal interaction with at least face to face is is Victor Locke and he was here what the day you got here and then headed off to Russia I know you've been traveling around to see as many of the guys and meet their family as as, as you can I don't think I've heard you tell me you've been to Russia yet though no I've not been to Russia <laughs> um I yeah, I'll probably would have hit a wall if I did that but you um, could have slept on the plane I'll tell you what, he's had some incredible trips trying to get between America and Russia. Oh, I, I've heard some of some that's, of the stories. That's incredible. But no, uh, I met with Victor very briefly the day that I got here. He he left the following day to go back to Russia. Yeah. We've zoomed a handful of times and uh, I'm excited to get him back. I, I watched Victor in the U18s in Greece two summers ago in Volos, Greece. Uh, in person, I was not personally recruiting him, but I was sitting beside Sean Dwyer from the previous staff while he was recruiting them to Cincinnati. Um, so I have some good memories of that. I, I, I remember thinking at the time that Vic was skilled, you know, long, rangy, moved pretty well for his size uh, and had a lot of ability. Um, I, I think the biggest question, and, and Vic and I had this conversation together, is how healthy is he? He didn't go through one practice last year. And in his time here at Cincinnati, he went through a couple individual workouts before he went home. So I think that the question is, is can he can he do it every day? Where is he physically? And we'll determine that when he gets gets back here next week. Uh, Mikey Saunders, your first your first two feet in guy. Yeah, as the head yeah. coach of the Bearcats. And, and I, listen, I, I thought I thought that was really special to get somebody to say I'm coming back. There's momentum there. Right. And, and there was some positive momentum with Mike doing that. And I'll always remember that, but I don't, what I don't want to do is take away from all these guys that were here that are coming back. That all means a lot to me to take a chance on me when they didn't have to, especially with the rules where they could have left and played right yeah. away somewhere else. And so certainly the Mike Saunders thing was, was meaningful. And I, I told him and his family, I'll remember that every day that I coach him, I'll remember that in here that he believed in me when he didn't have to and had other options without really knowing me that well. But I, I feel the same way about all of those returning players, not, 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 not to single one guy. All those guys gave me a chance when they didn't really have a good reason to. And I think I, I'll, I'll always feel that and remember that when I'm, when I'm dealing with them here. Do you think Mike Saunders has elite speed? Oh, his ball speed blows me away. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and I, you know, he, him and I've talked about this a little bit. He was a, you know, he was a freshman last year and at times at times like played it too high of a speed all the time. Like I think the game's going to start slowing down for him. And I think his ability to change speeds and play at his pace will make his speed more impactful in the game. But I, he, you know, I, I played with Ty Lawson for a year in college. I, I was a senior when he was a freshman. And that's the fastest guy I've ever seen with the basketball live. You were and just I, behind him, right? Just a tick behind him? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One of these days I'll give you the, the story about Ty Lawson and I going to blows in a pickup game, which was which basically meant I tried to tackle him before I got knocked out. But uh, I couldn't keep up with him, so I had to try to fight him, right? Uh, but, but no – um, he, he reminds me of that, like that kind of speed. It's just, he's at a pace and everybody else looks like they're, you know, he, he's going hundred miles an hour and everybody else looks like they can't get past 70, you know? And so I, I I'm excited about that. And the way that we're going to try to play, I think his ball speed and his ability to play in the open floor will really matter. And I think he's just going to keep developing as a point guard. I'm, I'm really excited to coach him. Mason Madsen. Love me. I, you know, I, I see a lot of myself in a, uh, in Mason as a player, not to make comparisons. He's a heck of a lot better than I'd ever be. But I mean, I think the guy works out like six times a day. I think he's a gym rat. I think he's obsessed with getting better. He's obsessed with maximizing what he has as a player. And I just really relate to that. And I've had a lot of fun coaching guys with that kind of mindset. Um, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm going to have a lot of fun coaching Mason because I, I, I just relate a lot to his mentality. Um, and I think he'll enjoy being with us. I, I really do. Uh, his ability to shoot the ball is well known. And, and we value that, especially when I'm looking at a roster and I'm, we, we better make sure we shoot the ball well enough. Um, but I, he's not gonna just a shooter. Like I, he's not just going to be a guy that stands around just to space the floor. I think he can play both guard positions as well. I think he can do things with the ball in his hands. And I love his grit defensively, like his toughness. He's got a little bit of an edge to him. And, again, I, I do well with guys like that. John Newman. I know he dealt with a little bit of an injury last year at Clemson, but had a, a fantastic sophomore season, a very good freshman season. Uh, what are you looking for, for for John as a guy that has had some success, significant success in the ACC? Well, I, number one, and we felt this when we – when he, when he committed to us at Greensboro, which we thought was a real coup. Um, I, listen, the way his year went this past year to Clemson, he's, he's not happy about it. You know, not, not, and he was a great teammate, had a great attitude when he it didn't go his way. But I think deep down, you know, he has a chip on his shoulder to show people that he is as good as he was as a sophomore. And not only that, he's better. And so I'm I'm excited to get him right now. And he's really got something to prove. He's a he's a big wing that can guard multiple positions. Um, he's done that at a really high level. He can score it better than he gets credit for. He averaged double figures as a sophomore. I, I think his jump shot will continue to improve because he's got good work ethic. And I've always I've known John since he was 14 years old. He's always won. He won like two or three state championships. His AAU team, CP3, Chris Paul's, they, they won everything. And he was right at the heart of that. He just oozes winning. He loves to defend. He has energy to defend. 
He does all the little things. He plays the game the right way, and, and he has ability. So I, I think he'll really fit in. And when you know you talk about Keith leaving the program, we needed a bigger perimeter player that could guard the elite wings in the American, and, and, and I think John will be able to do that. And he dunked on Duke, so that's got to be high on your list, right? It, listen, um, there's like over a long period of time, there's been an ingrained feeling about that school in Durham. I get a very similar feeling about a, another school in Cincinnati. It's kind of similar, like small, you know, private schools, like that type of thing. So, yeah, you know, anytime that stuff gets me going. So maybe <laughs> dunk, dunk on that other small private school here in Cincinnati would be great. Well, one is an actual college. The other is a glorified high school. So, <laughs> you know. He's trying. He's trying, Wes. He's trying to get you. I, I'm a Duke guy. I'm going to try, not, try my dad's, not to. My dad's brother went, played baseball at Duke, so, but I understand your side. But the other one is basically just like a Cincinnati preparatory academy. But it's okay to, like, in a rivalry have feelings, right? Like, that's, that's, that's okay, right? I got feelings. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there you go. But I'm, I'm not going to end up on the bulletin board. <laughs> hey, Hayden Koval. Elite rim presence. Um, that, that, that's the thing that I, I don't think people realize. Man, he's one of – I think he's the, the active leading shot blocker in, in NCAA basketball right now. Um, I mean, he's in yeah. – what's that? You remember what I pointed out to you when he committed? No. More career block <laughs> shots than Kenya Martin. <laughs> Easy. We're going to have Hayden doomed to fail before he even gets started. <laughs> I didn't say he was Ken- – I'm just saying the stats say he has blocked more shots in his career than Kenya Martin did. That's he's not hyperbole. He's an elite rim presence. And and it's not just – the he has a real knack for – let me seven feet tall and he's longer than he is tall, but he has timing – and he has really good feel, and he can block with both hands. So that's why one of the reasons he's such a good shot blocker. The, but the other thing, there's two other aspects. He tries to block everything. He's fearless. He will get dunked on, and he won't. He wouldn't care if I was saying this. He will get dunked on three or four times in a game. He'll get dunked on in practice a bunch of times. He doesn't care. He'll go try to block the next one, and I, I love that about him. I mean, I, I love how fearless he is. Um, but he impacts defensive possessions – all the time and doesn't get credit on the stat sheet for it. I mean, how many shots he changes uh, is, is really amazing. He runs really well. He moves really well laterally for seven feet. I'm so excited that Mike Rayfelt and him get to spend this off season together because he does need to gain a little weight and get a little stronger in his core and his hips. I, I think that'll help him compete in the American and against some of the teams we'll be playing against. Um, and then he can shoot the basketball at seven feet. I mean, he, he's, he's a real threat from three, uh, but he, he plays really hard. He's fearless and he gets, he gets banged around a little bit because of, you know, he's just lacking in weight and girth, but he is not afraid to bang and hit. I think, I think fans will respect the way that he approaches it. I, I know that coaching him for a year, I really respected the way he went about it every day. You told me the two hardest playing guys you coached when you were at Greensboro were Hayden Koval. Jared Henson. Hardest working guys. Hardest working guys. That, that's what I like. The guys that get after it really tried to maximize their potential the most. Their, their consistency every single day. And there's a couple other guys at Greensboro that 
fit into that mold, you know, not to shortchange guys, but they're like every single day, Hayden Koval and Jared Hensley are going to show up and you have to tell them to do less. They do too much. They overtrain, which is you got to reel them in because they want it so bad. I, I love coaching guys like that. I think Mason's going to be like that. I think we're going to have to tell him easy, man. Like you may want to do some recovery. You know, you, you may give your body a break. You know, Hayden and Jared are like that. And But as a freshman, Jared Hensley, I've never had a freshman that had that kind of an approach. And they do play really hard too. Tell me about Jared's game a little bit. You know, it's it's still coming. He's six six eight, maybe more. Long, uh, good athlete, like re- really good athlete. Um, he's a multi positional guy. You know, I, I think offensively, he's like think of him as a perimeter player. Like he's can handle it, can pass it, can shoot it, has good pace. I want his jump shot to become elite. I think if he becomes an elite three-point shooter he's the the sky's the limit for Jared Hensley and he's certainly working at it hard enough um but he kind of can do it all he he uses his body really well like he's got a really good knack for playing around the basket and getting fouled and getting easy shots around the basket and he rebounds at a really high rate uh defensively he's got to continue to move a little better to guard for all the perimeter players that he's gonna have to guard but he can play both forward positions. He's kind of a swing forward. So again, multi-positional guys with length and athleticism. You know, I, I think I think there's something there in, in the way that we play the game now. AJ McGinnis, another freshman from Greensboro that's joining you. Sniper, sniper. Uh, him can, and Mason. Can you play him and Mason together? Well, it's, it's going to be hard for the defense, you know, if, if you do, because they, you know, they both can shoot it at such a high clip. Uh, but I, literally, I mean, I haven't been on the floor with these guys. I don't know who the heck we can play. Don't ask me questions about lineups. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> we're going to let them figure that out. I'm know? trying. Uh, but, but I, I think AJ can shoot it. He can really catch and shoot it. And he was a freshman. So his numbers are a little up and down, but I coached him every day. He can shoot the basketball. He really developed his work ethic and his toughness, uh, over the course of last year. I was really impressed with that. Like, I love this about AJ. You can really challenge him. You can coach him hard, and he, he kind of likes it. Like he, and he really responds to it. And that gave me a lot of faith that he's going to continue to grow. But he's just like Mason. He's not just a shooter. It's just that he has that elite skill. He's got a great feel for offense. He's got to tighten up his handle and some of the things he does. Um, another guy that I think Mike Ray felt will help tremendously. Are, are you allowed to go any further, or do we have to stop there? I think we can talk about Odie. Odie signed. Okay. Okay. Then Odie Oguama, Wake Forest oh. transfer. Hard gives you us some more size at six foot nine. Yeah, Odie was Odie was official. So we're good on that one. Guys, he's such a hard playing dude. I mean, he I mean, I just love how hard he plays. I love to I tried to get him uh to come to, to Greensboro out of high school when that, that was a lost cause because he was gonna go much higher than us. Um, but I, I was just always drawn to how hard he played. He, I mean, I, I'll say this again, like playing with that type of motor and energy is a skill. Like that is not, don't take that for granted. And I think people here will be drawn to that. I kept telling them we recruited him. People, Bearcat fans are going to love the way you play the game um, and, and they're going to embrace you. Uh, but he, he can rebound at a really high clip. 
he, he was really raw in high school. I watched him a lot in high school. His improvement rate has been unbelievable. Um, and I think this was a strange year for him. He had COVID, he had mono, like it was obviously the whole year was strange. So I don't know if we saw some of the offensive development this year, but I I think he can really develop as an offensive player. Um, I'm looking forward to him playing both four positions in our offense. And he's just a hard playing dude. He's a, he's a bear cat. I I, I think people are going to love him. We'll talk about the other one some other time. We'll get back to that. Okay. What one we, other we needed we needed to add some size, some rim presence, some rebounding, some toughness, and you know we've been working to do that. The the reason you and we talked about this the first week you were here, you were in your office, you were watching film of Memphis and Houston, and you told me, boy, we 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 got a lot of uh, work to do to get this roster where we need it to be to compete in this league. Are you happy with what you have in place now, knowing? Uh, the, the type of physicality you've got to go up against and win against. I like the people we have in place. I mean, we, it, the one thing that in a, such a short period of time, it's really hard to evaluate the person when you're doing it like we're doing this right now or you're watching film. Um, man, I think we added the right kind of people, people that are about the right things that will play for the name on the front of the jersey and play for each other. Like I, I don't think we have any selfishness or anything like that. We have guys that have a lot of ambition that want to be great players. So that is the number one thing. I think we added size. I think we added toughness. I think we added length. Um, Those things had to be addressed. As you mentioned, I'm watching, I'm watching Houston in the NCAA tournament and nobody can block them out. I mean, their best offense sometimes is just going to get it off the board. Shoot. That's what we want to do. And, and we, we got to be able to compete physically with the best teams on our schedule and the best teams in the country. I, I think we did some things to address that. But if you want me to make predictions, you got the well, right. no, because I, I haven't coached these guys. I mean, I'm, I'm but, but I do like the people we add, and I do think we address some of the things that we set out to address. You and Fickle are difficult. You, you don't want to give anything up. Tried to, <laughs> tried to get Fickle on Tuesday to give me his goals for the season, and he just laughed at me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm going to let you you deal with Coach Fickle on his goals, but I can tell you, I mean, I can't tell you what I don't know yet, you know. I know. I'm just kidding. Uh, one last thing before we let you go. I don't know how much you're going to you're gonna want to tell me of this or how much you're going to want to share, but I know it's a question that the fan base would love to hear as much as you can give. How in the world did you get the Monster Factory back in the building? Yeah, yeah should have. That should have been the way I started talking about the staff. I, I, uh, I thought it was the most important hire was a strength coach, not to take away anything from any of the other guys that I brought in, but a, a strength coach in college basketball is like another head coach because they, they have access to the players in the off season more than we do as coaches. So he's got to be a head coach, not just with the training, but instilling certain values and the day-to-day culture and process. That's his job. Like it's my job in practice every day. I think it's an incredibly important hire. You have to have alignment between the strength coach and, uh, and, and myself and our staff. And we went through a pretty strenuous process to try to figure that out, who the best guy for that was. And it became very obvious that Mike Rayfeld was the right guy. And then it became a process to try to pull him back to Cincinnati. I'm not going to take all the credit for it. Uh, John Cunningham was so – instrumental in that process you know I, I, I got to give a ton of credit upstairs 
uh, because I, we, we went to John and said, hey, there's this guy that we think is great. And he perked up when he heard the name. And we were able to kind of work together to try to make that happen. And so I think getting Mike here was a coup. It was, it was a, maybe the most important recruiting win because it's going to help all these kids develop. And I think there's a lot of alignment between Mike and I. How excited was he to hear from you that first time you guys talked? Because I know knowing Mike as well as I do, he loves Cincinnati. He really does. He was very clear about that. And you can feel it when you talk to him, but he played his cards pretty close to the best. I th- he always I, does. I think it was, uh, and, and you'd have to ask him, and this is just my sense, but I, I think he obviously was excited, even though I couldn't tell that right away. But I think <laughs> it was uneasy. I, th- I think it was uneasy. I think people that know Mike know he's extremely loyal. Uh, I've gotten that sense here in a short period of time. He's extremely committed. It was one of the things I love about him. He's so invested and committed to what he's doing with the team. So then to leave UConn after a short period of time, I think was very difficult for him, I, you know, and as much as I think this felt right. And so I think there was probably some uneasiness there, and I had such a respect for that. All right, get on the phone. Go do your recruiting. We kept you too long, and I'm sorry. It, me and you were dangerous because I can talk and you can talk. So there you go. We, we, we've had some nights that have looked at me and my wife's yelling at me, Chad, get off the phone. So it happens. It happens. <laughs> All right. Chad, Rachel, night. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, coach. We'll talk soon. Thank Appreciate you. it. That's Wes Miller, Cincinnati's men's basketball head coach. He's a trip. <laughs> I had another question, but you he had already gone up well over the 30 minutes he said he was going to. So yeah, and he said he we we had he, he would have given us as much time as we wanted, but he said if you want me to get recruiting, you'll keep it as short as you can possibly keep it. Save it for next I'm, time. I'm sure we'll get him again. Yeah, I, I'm sure he'll be back. He he enjoys this stuff. But that's wanted to get him on the staff, wanted to get him on the roster. The one he couldn't obviously talk about because it's not finalized yet was the commitment of Abdullah Doe uh, from Mississippi State. Uh, one of the, if not the best rim protector in the SEC over the past couple of years. All defensive team the last two years for Mississippi State in the SEC. And uh, a guy that's, you pair him with Hayden Koval and a team that was prone to uh, turning defense into a layup line will now not be so easy to score on at the rim, Dave. You would hope so. I mean, anything's better than what uh, they offered at the rim the last couple of years. So Yeah, not great sometimes. Not great. It, it, what, are, what were your – that's your – you didn't have much interaction with him, but that's, that's your first time sitting in on a Zoom with him. He actually seemed a little – he seemed a little like gear shifted down today than, than most of the well, other. He makes I've our job very easy. He likes to talk. So <laughs> he's right. That first answer I mean, did go. I think like 10 we, minutes. we, we, we asked for maybe five questions in 30 <laughs> minutes, 40 minutes. He gets after it. He, he can, he can fill space on a podcast, but uh, what, what were your overall takeaways from what you heard from Wes Miller there? I mean, just more, more to like, you know, um, you know, I, I think the way he's put the staff together, just, I don't know how you, he's kind of hit every little segment that you would want. You know, you got your, you got your 
your close connections, which we always knew almost every coach is going to have that. I mean, they're going to hire guys they're comfortable with. Understandable. You got your, as he said, like Andre Morgan, like dude eats, sleeps, dreams, recruiting, basketball. You know, your young, your younger guy that, you know, this is life. This is what, you know, what I want to be, what I want to do. Then you get your big time recruiter that, you know, I know our fans have been clamoring for, you know, and not, and I agree with what he said. Chad Dollar is definitely more than just a recruiter, but they needed one of those guys. You get Mike back. Everyone loves Mike. Everyone knows the, the product that Mike has been able to produce. You get some organization guys, some behind the scene guys that you feel comfortable with. Jake Dillon, I think, is a big one. I mean, right. that's a guy with local ties. He's been he's been working at a high level as an ops guy. With, with him and 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 Lapore running behind the scenes, like I don't know that I've ever seen a, a, a staff have a duo like that running the behind the scenes stuff that has as much experience and um, ability to do that job. Right. Yeah, and then impressive. Your grand assistants. You know, you want guys that can get on the floor. Kyle can certainly still get on the floor. And you know he's going to work hard. You know, he's – if this is what he wants, you know, his career to be now, if he's done playing or whatever that stage is, you know he's going to put everything he's got into doing whatever they need. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm putting it on putting it on the internets that Wes has confirmed that Kyle Washington will be re, uh, returning to the program as a GA. So get a little little hype for the the podcast there on the Twitters. Yeah. What, what else you want to talk about tonight? You got anything know, else? Man. You know, talk about anything football? How about how about was it USA Today or CBS listing? Uh, 10 programs that are in a great situation with their head coach uh, and names like Pat Fitzgerald and Matt Campbell being on the list before Luke Fickle. Matt Campbell, I understand. I mean, they're in a great – he, tur- he turned down almost $70 million from the Lions. You can't get in much of a better situation if you're, I- if you're Iowa State than having a guy that is willing to turn down that. Um, the Fitzgerald one I don't get. Um, he's a very, very fine coach, but, and he's in a, you know, a situation where you wonder if he was at a, in a different situation, what sort of success he would have, but he loved, he went there. He loves it there. Um, but you know, it's the same old G five P five BS. I mean, same, same thing that someone from our network, did an updated spring top 25 and had UC 22nd. Yeah. Cause apparently, cause apparently Marcus Freeman is like literally the fucking greatest coach in the history of all of football. <laughs> like it doesn't matter that Des is back and all these dudes are back and the whole de- Marcus Freeman is why they're going to go from a top five defense to being not barely in the top 25. That person should be fired on the spot. 
Cincinnati twenty-second. The guy does this stuff all the time. I mean, whatever. Like, but I mean, you're an Auburn fan. What are we gonna do? I mean, <laughs> no respect for the Cincinnati's of the world from Auburn. Yeah, but I mean, these things are fun to to click on and, and get either excited about or you know annoyed by. But we know what's gonna happen. I mean. They're gonna win all a bunch of games, and and be a, a pest, be a deterrent. Yeah, I mean it's something to slap on the wall. Twenty second. Oh, you know Luke's fine with it. He doesn't want everybody being, you know, these guys are great. They're gonna win the, you know, they're they're. He wants someone to say something. He, he does. He's the he's. I mean, I love the guy for it, but like the fact that he pretends that he has no idea what's going on is, is hilarious. And he sticks to that. Like, Oh, Oh yeah. I, I don't know. What, what's going on guys. Uh, unless my wife tells me, I, I have no idea. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh-huh. We, be- we believe you. You, yeah. you have you, no you idea. You came from the school that refuses to, Say the other school's name and crosses out M's all over campus. So you're literally like the king, kings of the message board fodder, the the uh, bulletin board material type stuff. So yeah, I don't believe for one second that he is oblivious to who's saying what about his program coming off of year that they came off and the three seasons in a row that they've came off and that clearly you know the the mark is on their back in the conference in the g5 world that several people have them in their preseason top 10 that several people say that you know if this happens they absolutely should be in play for a playoff spot yeah for him to say he has no idea about any of that is it's high comedy, Chad. Yeah, I don't believe it either. <laughs> and he always says it with a smile, so you know he's in on the joke. Like, he's right. well aware of what he's I mean, doing. He might not be the one searching it out, but you damn well know he's got somebody that's, like, keeping tabs of everything. Yeah. For, for a guy that, you know, says he doesn't know, whenever we catch him in a, in a you know, a practice setting or a private moment and asking a question. He always seems to know the answer. So. Um, did you get to listen to the, uh, the interview from Tuesday with Luke Fickle? I any, did. Any thoughts on that? Uh, I was listening to it while watching uh, Will play with Truck. So I, I can't honestly give you a, a, you know, a minute by minute run back, but you know, I think it's what I would expect in May going into this year. I think they're just like you can tell from listening to Brady, uh, they're just dying for June first to get here, and then yeah, for, and then for the guys to get back on campus and get this stuff rolling, like because then that like. Spring ball is one thing, and then spring practice, you know, spring game kind of wraps it up. But, like, you take that break, and then now you start summer session, and it's it's full go, balls to the walls, 
you know, we got another championship to win. We got unfinished business. Like now we're actually focused on the season spring. I feel like because of COVID and the way the bowl season went, they probably used spring in some ways as what they would have used those times for with the younger guys yeah, I mean, and, there was, and stuff like that. So there now was a lot of, there was a lot of days where like sauce and Kobe and my right. day would, would be out there for like the first hour and then would be on the sidelines with their pads off while the right. young guys took over. Where if it was normal in December and bowl prep, they would have done a lot of that stuff at that point. Yeah. But now that, you know, now we're past that and we're June, let's, you know, it's, it's time to go. I, I'm excited for June 1st to hit. I, I'm excited to get back to, to normal oh. and recruiting. To get back to kids on campus. And, you know they and are too, man. I mean. To, to get back to that in-person sales pitch that they're so good at. And getting kids in front of Luke Fickle. Um, that, that's that's exciting. And, and they just uh, approved the basketball calendar. So three weeks and three weekends in July. Uh, back out on the road. Top 100 camp is going to be in Orlando this year. So excited for that. Like there, there's a lot going on. That's going to be a lot of fun content wise over those next two months, you know, just to get through the next week and a half and, and get May in the, in the rear view mirror and things in June and July are going to be going to be a lot of fun on Bearcat journal as we, uh, we kick things into high gear. I mean, I don't have a whole lot else to you. No, I mean, we're kind of you're in, ready uh, for vacation. You're I'm, checked, yeah. you're, I got, I'm gonna have I got a hundred things I still need to do tonight and tomorrow, and you gotta find somebody to, unless you want a well, let's see what if we yeah, probably not gonna work either night. No. When Thursday th- when Thursday we're going out to dinner, Wednesday I think we're eating at the house, but I don't know what time and like there's a good chance I won't be in any state of mind to uh to have any real conversations i'm sure i can i can hit up the berg or or find somebody to to fill in as a co-host as dave is on vacation next week a much deserved vacation you've worked what like three weeks this year yeah <laughs> something something <laughs> like that yeah something like that <laughs> Oh, you know, I yeah. had to get a little dig in there. But, yeah, if you, uh, you want to do it like poolside yeah. mid-afternoon one day, I, I think I could could possibly accommodate that. Probably not. I'll let you enjoy your vacation. I won't make <laughs> you work. You said you're 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 turning the phone off. You're going social media free. That's the plan for a week. That's the plan. I mean, I. Nothing's going to, I don't, I mean, I say nothing's going to happen, but. Something always happens. I have access to the BCJ account. I, I I'm can, sure you I can, can, I'm sure you can uh, text me if something incredibly important is, is going on. I might need to get Rachel's number just so I can text her to make sure oh, you get you have it. No, that, you have a better chance of getting me. <laughs> no, yeah, there's. 
I have my phone on me much more than she has hers. So, but all right, so, well, so, so be it. Yeah, it's kind of uh, the calm for hopefully, you know, June 10th is right around the corner. Whole lot of visits June 10th weekend. Yeah. I think there's going to be, I think there's going to be an event. It won't be official visits, but I think you're going to see a lot of kids on campus June 1st locally. Yeah. As many locally as they can get on campus June 1st. I think you'll see that happen. So it would make sense. I mean, I, I, I see, I don't pay as much, pay much attention to it just because I feel like it's still so far out, but they're throwing those 2023 offers at left and right, right now. So, you know, they're going to try to get those guys to camps now that they're allowed to do that to actually see them in person yeah of course so camps are going to be fun because there's going to be a lot of i think there's going to be a lot more uh high-end guys at camps than you normally see just because everybody nobody's been in front of coaches for a long ass time so you know it's it's going to be important it's going to be important to get to as many camps as possible for a lot of these guys so I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be an outstanding June and July uh, on the recruiting front for football and basketball. And BCJ will be there with you every step of the way. Well, Dave, go get ready for vacation. Oh, what's that? I said, go get ready for yeah, vacation. I'm going to. You enjoy. Um, you enjoy certainly try you you hold the hold the fort down while i'm going i'll see what i can do i'll do my best if if i need you i'll send out the bearcat signal i'm pretty sure you won't i think we'll be all right (laughs) special thanks again as always to Wes miller for hopping on and joining us today breaking down his staff breaking down his roster as things currently stand and uh there you go You, you only get stuff like that Straight from the horse's mouth on the BCJ podcast. A C- couple, couple saw guests uh, last in all on all the Bearcat Journal podcasts the last few few goes. The BCJ podcast network has been en fuego. I mean, basket head basketball coach, new you know young guns blazing athletic department staffer, Brady Collins, our reg our regular every other week or this past Monday. And then a couple basketball legends. I mean, what what the hell are we supposed to do now? Take some time off. <laughs> <laughs> like we kind of set us set ourselves up that we have yeah. to like keep getting keep getting good guests. We have uh, we have crushed April and May in the BCJ podcast network, and that's why this is the place to go. Nobody, nobody that does a Bearcat Oh, podcast. I do I do have a bone to pick, though, from, from Coach Fickle's interview. Oh, okay. Why did you not ask for a Bearcat Journal invite to the new Fickle farm? I did. I said we were going to be doing a podcast from there, and he didn't shoot it down. Oh, okay. I invited us to do a podcast from the barn. And he, he didn't say no. What is, what is this new monster? Did he get a building permit? I know he lives in like Schwanky Indian Hill. They're, they let him build that thing. Did I mean, did you hear Brady talk about it? Yeah, he said it's got like a basketball, volleyball court, like a batting cage. 
Yeah. Like <laughs> he already had a basketball court in his backyard. Yeah, now he's got an indoor and an outdoor. I'm surprised it doesn't have an indoor pool. Maybe it that does. Doesn't doesn't come across as a guy looking to move anytime soon. It, no, it does not. I mean, that's pretty specific if you're going to sell your house that you've got a... Uh, I've got two um, basketball courts. <laughs> <laughs> Who's in the tennis, market for that? <laughs> tennis, volleyball, batting cage, like a pool. Yeah, it sounds like a guy that's pretty comfortable where he's at, doesn't it? Got to see this thing. I have to imagine there there will be pictures and video at oh, some you know, Yeah, some just like every time. other time that they have the recruits or whoever they are allowed to technically, yeah, you know, the team or who, yeah, the next time the whole team is over there for barbecue, swim party or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, we, we need an invite. We need an invite. You should have just I, bought I, Freeman's house as like the, uh, the Bearcat <laughs> Annex. <laughs> oh boy i did yeah all right we got we got plenty of content coming uh aaron smith has been working on some recruiting articles and uh some post-spring football coverage and more podcasts and who knows what else but a uh, lot to get to and uh it's been a fun it's been a fun two months on the Bearcat beat, and we are going to continue it through the summer. A, a very Bearcat Journal summer as recruiting returns to normal. I'll let you get back to uh, to all the things you got to do. I know you're busy as heck and and uh, looking forward to getting out of town and, and spending a couple days with the feet up. So thank you, Dave. You're welcome. Thank you for having me, as always. <laughs> I'm Chad Brendel. He's Dave Simone. Special thanks to Wes Miller. We'll see you next time. It's the Holy Grail BCJ podcast right here on Bearcat Journal.